Last time on Exiled, the tournament of Mr. Claw kicked off with several matches eventually leading into a Warlock and Angela match where they defeated this universe's Gorilla Man. Also, Wendigo Soda Dudes had meat as a snack. Let's see what happens this week on Exiled. So we should probably do the uh, intro again because Verit is already a dated reference when this episode, when those last two episodes are going to go up. Okay, Verit? I assumed we were going to redo it anyways. He means Vero. Oh, oh yeah, that's the one. I was like, what well, isn't Verit super dated? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming uh. back this this year, baby. It's offline, but it's going to be back. <laughs> Thanks, Russian collusion. Uh, so yeah, let's go Devin, Kaylee, Jin, James. That's horse shit and you know it. Our... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, make him last. Thank you. Hi, I'm Devin, and I play Dr. James Bradley, a.k.a. Dr. Nemesis. He is a former Nazi hunter turned super scientist for the X-Men. Hi, I'm Kaylee. I play Jean Grey, the time-traveling telepath mutant from the X-Men. Hi, I'm Jen. I play Warlock, who is a good alien uh, techno-organic space boy um, who just wants to be friends with everyone. And I'm James. I play a Wendigo. The indefinite article is important because if Luke ever kills my character, I will either quit in a huff or immediately just be a new Wendigo. This Wendigo is Francois Frank Lartigue, a Métis fur trapper who was forced to succumb to cannibalism in the Canadian wilds and was cursed to be a large, hairy, cannibalistic pro-wrestling dad as a result. And I'm Luke. You can find me on Nike Running Club by searching for my email address or my name. (laughs) Let's get going. So Warlock and Angela have won their match against Gorilla Man. And uh, you all get to go back to your seats. So how is Warlock celebrating? How are you all uh, congratulating Warlock on the victory. Well, I'm buying us around based off of all the money that I won from gambling. Hooray. Warlock has melted to the ground and looks very tired. I've put a towel over Warlock's shoulders and I'm rubbing them like one of Rocky's uh, coaches. And Kaylee, is Jane doing anything? She's kind of doing like sort of a telekinetic Rocky psych herself up punching the air kind of thing getting ready for her own match yeah uh okay well uh there's one more match before that 
And that's going to be between Unis the Untouchable and Bob Diamond. So does Gene want to do Who anything? Who are they? I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Is there anything Gene wants to do before her match? Because she'll be called up next. Um, what does she have to do? Like, she have to, Does she have to go anywhere? Uh, she'll just have to go up to the center arena where the portals have been opening up to the fighting arenas. Okay, I'm going to ask everybody for a pep talk before I go do this. Okay, so Gene, uh, I know you haven't done a lot of fights, like fights, fights. I'm just trying want to say when in doubt, when in doubt, rip them in half like a phone book. You just grab one arm, you grab the other, and you pull. It's okay. It's, it's easy. I think I can manage that. You'll never see these people again, so feel free to kill them. <laughs> Seems to be a theme going on here. All right. I mean, I'm not even sure they're from the same universe as us. Like, I that, that's that's I think it's that's just okay. And this could be like Dark Beast from the Age of Apocalypse universe. He might be evil. Don't want to take that risk. Fair point. Fr- friend Jean. It, yes. Uh, I am sure you will be less afraid than I was. It will be okay. Thanks, Warlock. Don't text and drive. <laughs> I really needed to hear that. I give Warlock a hug. So the next match is between Bob Diamond, the employee of Mr. Claw, and Unis, who is representing whatever weird branch of the X-Men exists in this universe. But who are they? Like, who's, and, who's Unis? Paint me a word picture. I am, I am. So Bob gets up drunk. He's been hitting the hair of that dog too much recently, or he's just never actually stopped long enough since last night to face down a hangover. He's wearing the same button down purple shirt that he had on from the night before and jeans that have gained maybe a half bottle worth of alcohol stains on him. His competition, meanwhile, is unisly untouchable. Seven feet of muscle and an impenetrable shell of force, which earned him his title. He is dressed in red wrestling trunks with black and yellow bands around the trim. And it is up to Unis to pick the location, which is the deserts of Cairo. So you'll be dead beneath the sand. Bob Diamond, meanwhile, chooses to make the fight to the death. Who's Bob Diamond? Bob Diamond is the... Uh, Chuck Norris type analog that they had back when Walker Texas Ranger was a thing. Oh yeah. Somewhere in the crowd, as they prepare to square off, a member of the audience comments, "I heard Bob Diamond is so tough he can touch the untouchable," and a glimmer shines in Bob's eye. He charges forward, taps Unis with a single finger, and Unis's heart shoots out of the other side of his body, killing him. <laughs> Bob Diamond wins this round. <laughs> Bob Diamond is going to kill me. So he's Poe from Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that is assuming that uh, good boy Warlock would make it all the way to the final round against Bob Diamond. So, Wow, that's rude. Harsh. Yeah. I'm just being real here. And so the following match 
is between Jean and the Beast. So what is Jean's outfit for this fight? What all is she bringing with her? Uh, like her gear? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm bringing in the Madness Band. Um, and the Power Horn. Are those good? <laughs> so as you approach the arena the uh judge invites you and the beast who has been let loose uh from this uh massive chain that he's had around him that is uh clankling and rustling as he runs up and the uh, judge asks the beast where and it says something in a weird eldritch tongue that the referee is able to understand but you aren't necessarily picking up on it and then the referee turns to you, Gene, and wants to know, and what rule condition would you like to put in this battle? Uh, is it only one? Mm-hmm. Um, about no fighting to the death, just two surrenders first. The uh, referee nods, and the portal, which is this bubble, uh, opens up, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a very nice New York house. In fact, you actually recognize it to be the house that you grew up in. Oh, great. This is fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Put my hands on my hips. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you are in the house... The way that the game works again is you get to say the actions that you're going to take. We find one of your abilities that they tie onto, and uh, you roll d6. The number of d6 that you roll uh, can be increased by uh, the better description that you give on what you want to do. Okay. I'm probably going to get this wrong in the first try. Um can I use the madness band on him in my first move? Um, well, tell me more of what you want to do and the actions that you're going to take. You're able to use all of your technology that you have. Okay. Um, because I have, I I'm, don't know who this guy is. Like he's obviously not my Hank McCoy. So I'm a little cagey about what his abilities are because, you know, him talking mm-hmm. in Eldridge and teleporting me to my childhood home is pretty creepy. So I just want to like incapacitate him as quickly as possible to get this over with. That sounds like a plan. So, like, tell me what specifically you're trying to do with the band. How are you using it? Um, I would like to induce amnesia on him. He forgets Mm -hmm. where he is and what he is doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll I'll give you uh, two dice for that one. Like, it's uh, you describe more and you get more in return. The beast, meanwhile, is going to uh, run onto a bookshelf, a rather nice one with lots of pictures. He, like, scampers up to the top of it and kicks it over, trying to push it at you, uh, who is nearby it. And so you get to roll 2d6. Uh, Let me know how many you want to... Uh, assigned to defense and how many you want to assign to offense and he will get three meanwhile and I'd say this goes under your crushing telekinesis action 
Okay, so I'm on... You want to roll four or lower. Okay, I think I messed this up. Okay, how do I set up the d6 for this? That's. Uh, it's going to be 2d6. So are you using the D&D yeah. dice roller? I see d6. So I put... Yeah, so where it says 1d6 currently, you put in the number there. Okay. And then you hit not a number. Uh, when you hit roll, what did it give you? Uh, the letters N A N. Uh, what number is in the? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how you'd get an N A N. So yeah, like she I misses have... her grandma. <laughs> oh no, Nana's <laughs> in the house. Um, yeah. So under N B R, I have two. Yeah. And I'm just hitting roll. I'm getting an A-N. Yeah. Uh, try resetting it. Make, make sure you put the number in I the will. like number of dice instead of the modifier um, spot. Instead of yeah. the modifier? Yeah, I did, yes. Okay, last okay. Time. This time I got an actual number. I got a seven. Okay, so broken down, what numbers are those? Um... A six and a one. Okay. So uh, how did you split up your dice between offense and defense? Very good question. Um, like would I give six to offense? Uh, no, you can say X dice are going to offense. X dice are going to defense. Oh, so one D is offense. Then two is defense. Okay. So you succeeded on your defense, then we'll just say that uh, because the beast only got uh, one. uh, Actually, no, the beast got zero successes this time. So uh, he tried to push it, but you easily moved out of the way. So the beast is now in front of you laying on the ground and is going to try and pick up a family photo album that is on the uh, coffee table and swing it at you. Oh, that bitch. So how are you responding? What actions do you want to take? Um, can I throw up like a telekinetic shield that bounces off? Yeah, like the more description that you give, the more creativity you're adding to this, the more points and dice that you oh, get to roll. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I think I'd be good at this, but I'm not. Um, all right, so he's, he's chucking the book at me. I am mm-hmm. really pissed off, so I create a, a telekinetic shield. It, the photo album uh, harmlessly bounces off. And, is that right? Mm-hmm. Well... And and then like how are you retaliating? Like that's good if you're, all you're going to do is defend yourself. But okay, and then um, this is a- okay. So I'm really pissed off at this guy because this is all a very low blow, and I don't appreciate him, you know, de- desecrating family heirlooms. So um, I just want him to like stop because I don't trust him fucking around my house anymore. So I would like to try the madness band to induce amnesia on him so he forgets. Uh, where he is, who I am, and why he's fighting me. Okay, so that is a bit more 
uh, descriptive. So I'll give you four dice that time. Uh, the beast is going to have three. So how do you want to split up those four dice between offense and defense? Um, let's split it evenly. So two and two? Yes. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to say you are now doing full-on fighting cosmic evil here. Mm-hmm. So uh, roll your two dice for offense, your two dice for defense, and then let me know how many are five or under. Okay, neither of them were five or under. I got an eight and a nine. No, no, like broken down. It Under the plus zero, it tells you what the actual rolls were. Oh, you just think I know how this works. Um Okay, so it was uh, three, five, and zero? Um, okay, so the three and five would have been successes. Because, mm-hmm. And then what about your defense roll? Okay, um, that was a three, six, and a zero. Okay, the zero is just what it's adding, so you don't need to say that one. So you got one success on your defense uh, meanwhile, the beast uh, on his attack ended up getting two successes. So uh, your defense is going to protect you from one of those. And you ended up dealing him two damage. So he is down to one hit point because the uh, the beast is just wildly attacking. And as you are like trying to reach out to him and you're trying to use the Madness Band, you're having difficulties because it looks like this personality that he has is one that has been overlaid over his current personality. Okay. And so you get to start off the actions this turn, say what you want to do, and then I'll say what the Beast does in reaction, and then we roll off. Okay. um, Hmm. Um, because I sense that this is possibly not his true personality, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to use my telepathy to see if I can see into his mind and, uh, see possibly what was done to him by whom. And if I can reach the buried subconscious personality and see if that is a more reasonable beast to deal with. You're going to go for that? Yeah. Okay. And so because this is sort of a more unconventional fighting and it's not full on you're trying to destroy or crush this person, but you're trying to reach out, that's going to fall into your trained by the graces and Professor X. But I will give you five dice to use this time. And meanwhile, the beast is really, really upset about a lot of things that are going on right now. It is going to try and just claw at you and slash at you, but it's getting caught up with something. You are trying to call to its humanity, and so it is only getting a rank one for its three dice. So uh, it did get one hit on you. What are you spending on offense and defense? Okay, is this under... Would this be like a 5d6? Uh, how many are you putting in offense? How many are you putting in defense? Um... Three in offense, two in defense. Okay, uh, so it's going to be 3d6 first for the offense and then 2d6 for the defense. Okay. 
And so that was a 10. So how does that, uh, how does that break down? Um, six, one, and three. Okay. So that is going to be two successful hits. And what did you get for defense? A five, which is divided up by a two and a three. Okay, so you completely succeeded on your defense, so you're able to glance off the blow that it throws at you, and you peer into its mind. Roll me a quick uh, telepathy check. Okay, that's using a regular chart, right? For telepathy check? Yeah. Okay, so I got in the red, 93. So you peer into this, and... You, like, easily crash through whatever memories had been made, and as you do this, you see the beast returning to human form. So, uh, like, as you do this, you see him returning to human form, and he, he looks familiar. He looks like your father. In fact, uh, reading in, Inferno worked differently in this universe. It did not turn out very well for anybody. And so the X-Men got majorly disrupted. The Greys got left as demons. And eventually Mephisto doing various Mephisto things ended up getting control of your dad in this universe. He is saved now, though. And Mephisto, upon seeing that this beast has been defeated... Vanishes in a huff of brimstone-smelling smoke. Yeah, that's right. Bitch. Because <laughs> I'm really pissed now. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. And he, uh, James Gray of this universe, looks at you and says, Jane? I, I I thought you died. And he collapses from the shock of everything that's happened to him and is quickly wheeled over to the medical tent. Do you go after him? Okay. So while you are going and doing that, uh, the next fight is between a person named Quickfire and a Mr. Canrack. Uh, does anyone want to have a scene right now? Nemesis, are you putting more money on things? Oh yeah, shit, I should have put money on Gene. <laughs> Nemesis believes in this group. I just uh, dust, imaginary dust off my shoulder. <laughs> While going after your dad, who from this alternate universe. Who are these people, Luke? Uh, so Quickfire is a Agents of Atlas associate of, uh, Gorilla Man. She is a, she looks like a generic secret agent with the whole, like, tight black bodysuit, uh, red hair. That's all you've got for her. Mr. Canrack is the guy who I mentioned looking like, uh, a bigger version from Ron Perlman in The City of Lost Children. Uh, I'll put 500 on Quickfire. Okay. And so as you go in, or, and so as you put the money on, is anyone else going to go with Jean and check on her? 
Warlock is plugged into a wall socket like it's uh, an IV, and he's eating, he's absorbing uh, oranges. And no, this seems like the kind of thing that like this is a this is a real father and daughter moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, when 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 to go, please? Has he has some tact? Okay. So the next fight is between Quickfire, also known as Barbara McDevitt, and. Uh, so weird that Devin didn't know who she was. Uh, she's not canonically a member of the Agents of Atlas. I'm just mixing up some teams here. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Devin. It's okay. And her competition is Mr. Kandrak from the Tower of Wisdom. He moves hesitantly to the stage, and she chooses a office building, and he chooses that murder be illegal in this fight, because he doesn't want to have to be killed or kill anyone. As soon as they enter, she throws a desk at him, and that seems to break against his body without flinching. She throws more punches, and nothing seems to phase him at all. And it gets to the point where she's beginning to get winded after about four or five minutes of just smashing furniture on him again and again. And it's that cheap stuff. It's like the $20 for a rolly chair. So it's not quality stuff at all. And so she finally pulls out a gun to shoot him. And in response to this, he just waves his arm and this almost invisible wave of force knocks her back, breaks open the window on the floor And as she is almost completely out, she activates her powers and runs back in on the broken glass that seems to have been frozen in time. She comes back, but Mr. Kanrak meets her with another punch, and she flies across out that broken window and into another building, and the match ends. He then picks up her unconscious form and also takes her over to the medical center, winning this match. Damn, out 500 bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't win them all, buddy. No, we're still in the positive, though. Mm-hmm. And speaking of winning them all, the next match is for Dr. Nemesis. So. Cool. Uh, so is Dr. Nemesis just in his standard Dr. Nemesis outfit? Well, yeah. He's wearing a mecha exosuit. Yeah. Uh, Warlock is working with Angela. No, 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 no. Like. <laughs> Like like a like a mecha exosuit, not wearing warlock. Oh right, you weren't there for all the times that warlock was turning into a mecha exosuit in a mech. That's correct. We weren't. The Graces arc had some very very good moments. Remember Trin? Ah, uh, Trin, my favorite no. film. No. Yeah. And you also know that we did not listen to those episodes. Yeah, I know. So. Uh, your competition is uh, coming up. He's stripped down to just pants, which are some red pants. He's got, like, bright pink skin. He's got some horns on his head, and he also has a goatee that he's able to pull off somehow. Your opponent is Crow, who is representing the Deviants. Ugh. Fucking Marvel Comics, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he greets you, and uh, how are you doing? Fine, let's get this over with. And the uh, judge asks, uh, who, uh, or where would you like to have your match? Me? Mm-hmm. It's, it's your choice. 
Oh, it's my choice. Uh, at the X Club compound. Understood. And uh, uh, and uh, Crow picks his uh, option, which is explosives are going to be uh, freely available around here. And so you find yourself with a bandolier of grenades as you are now in the X Club compound. In this universe, it looks um, much worse off. It's my choice. It is going to be so that we can continue to give Crow swirlies just like the box received. (laughs) I'm getting tights chat notifications in Slack. Thank you. You yeah, I turn off notifications for everything except either at channel or uh, things sent directly to me. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoy tights chat. Anyways, even though yet you, even though you have yet to buy any tights, your <laughs> girlfriend deserves you to have a spectacular ass, Luke. Enough said. I did get some new pants, so. Tights aren't pants, they're tights. Yeah, but they make my butt look better. But they're not pants. They're not tights. Uh, they can be pants if you try hard enough. Mm-hmm. Thanks, sexism. I think I think I think they're t- I think they're totally fine to wear instead of pants without anything else. I just don't, they're just not really pants to me. Okay, that's true. Um, but yeah, I just want to I'm, not, I'm not tight shaming for people who just wear tights or leggings. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Unless you wear the tights that are the same color as your skin, and then it looks like you're not wearing anything at all. Nothing at all. It's called nothing a power at all. Move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So the X Club in this universe is a lot more decrepit. This building looks like it has been abandoned for a while. There's some big ass rat cockroach hybrids that are around here. There is no super toilet as you had designed for giving Madison Jeffries swirlies and uh you get the first move Devin so what is Dr. Nemesis doing Uh, I'm gonna try to shoot him right in his stupid head with uh my knockout serums okay yeah using my super robot eyes to get a kick-ass shot now that's better uh, so I will give you three D six for that. Uh, he is going to just grow two extra arms off of his arms and chuck four grenades at you before ducking behind one of the large desks in here. So how are you going to be splitting up your three dice? Huh? Probably two for defense. Cause I blow up easily. And then one for attack. Okay, and this will go under your tranking people with fun science narcotics action. So roll your dice and let me know what you get. So um, just roll two for the defense first or one or... Uh, One for offense and then two for defense. Okay, here's the offense dice. Offense dice is a five. Mm -hmm. And then the other two are... I got a one and then a six. Yeah, so you got one success on your defense. Yeah. Which is good because he uh, rolled against his representative of the Deviants, and he got a one, a three, and a two. So two attacks are going to be hitting you. Your defense is going to cancel out one of those. 
but you are down to two hit points. Oh, cool. And so as this grenade hits you, and uh, he is behind the desk, he is going to lay a few more grenades that he has pulled the pins on, hoping to get the desk pushed forwards at you while you're recovering from the last hit while he goes and hides behind another piece of furniture waiting to draw you out. But he's holding the, he's holding the pinned ones. He has more, but he left three behind the desk to hopefully try and propel that at you. There's a propel that at me. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, how many grenades does he have on him? Uh, there's like 20 or so. You also have 20 or so. Oh, I have 20 or so too. Cool. As the desk is like rocketing towards me, I want to try to jump off of it and throw more grenades back at him. Mm -hmm. Are you doing anything specific with the grenades? You have whatever type of grenades that you want to have in this situation. Oh, that's cool. Automatic win the fight grenades. Yeah, automatic win the fight grenades, Luke. No, we'll do like the like the web grenades that Spider-Man has so that he can't uh, move. Okay, so would you say you're doing this as more of a scientist thing? Yes. Okay, so I'll give you an, I'll give you four to use this time. So how are you splitting those up? Um, we'll go two and two. Okay. So yeah, these are attack. Yeah, so the attack first. Got a six and a two. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, sorry, shit, that was a modifier. So JK, the dice roll actually is a three and a four plus nan. And then the defense ones are six and six. Okay, so you get no defense, you get one offense, and he got on uh one more shot on you and he got his defense up so you did not hit him and he hit you for another one so it's currently you have one hit point he has all three okay and so you get to start off this round i'm just gonna go for broke and just try to stab him with my vibranium blades uh okay like, is that all you're doing? Because this is a... The more you we'll just... Be th- we'll be th- oh, sorry. Fine. I'll be charging at him with those, but also throwing grenades is more of kind of like a distraction. Uh, we'll have some that are like... Have like colorful fireworks in them. We'll try to throw some more that also will stick to him if I can actually stop him, which will make him easier to stab. Okay. I basically just want to sensory overload him. Uh, yeah. I will say that goes into the traits on the fly, but I'll give you four rules for that. Uh, he's going to see that you're going to just try and all out him, which is what he was getting. The horns on his head grow to a massive height now, and he is going to run at you, hoping to gore the hell out of you. Because that is what he does. And so roll off. Oh, they're all misses them. Yeah, he also misses all of his. Uh, And so he... Uh, like runs at you. You ended up getting out of the way, but everything that you shot at him is like missing. And so he turns and stares at you and he is going to try and uh, 
just like stare you down into submission. This is a waste of our time and our intellect. We're acting like these fools. We can come to a better conclusion than this, can't we? What do you have in mind? Uh, well, that is his action. Uh, you can just submit to me now and we can move on. <laughs> uh, no, I think not. <laughs> and so what is Nemesis doing in response? Um... Describe the rest of the room for me, Luke. Uh, is there anything that you particularly want in this room? Uh, what what makes those cockroaches, like, excited, Luke? Uh, they are cockroaches, so food, especially things that don't look like it can kill them, because they're cockroaches. Darkness. Will they hurt, will they be able to hurt him? They have horrifying teeth in places where they should not have them. Yes, yeah, so let's uh, toss some um, ones with like different like aromas and smells that will attract them to attack him. Basically mm-hmm. to make him seem like food to them. Okay, so I'll say that's you're proving the superiority of science and science-related accessories, and I'll give you three for that. So how are you splitting those up? Well, what's he doing? Just staring at me, right? Oh, yeah, he's trying to talk you down. He's also doing something psychic at you. Oh, well then, yeah, we're just going to go for broke, all in. Mm-hmm. So all uh, on your yeah, attack? on attack. I got four, three, and a four. Okay. He got three successful attacks at you as well. And so he knocks you out, barely avoiding the uh, rats as they went on him. And you are plucked out of the portal along with him. And he returns to his seat. Okay. Yep. The basketball game just ended. Did Devin lose? Yes. Yes. I was actually paying attention the whole time. Suckers. <laughs> how how are how are the basketball team doing? The Raptors won by twenty six. Sorry, sixteen. Sixteen. Who were they playing? The Atlanta Hawks. Aren't raptors a type of hawk? No, they're dinosaurs. Also, they're all actual people playing basketball. I'm aware of how sports work, James. And yet, there there was your initial comment. It's banter. So the next fight is between Misty Knight and Barbarous. And Misty Knight is coming from the mystic city of Kunlun, and Barbarous is representing Hitoken, formerly known as the Savage Land. Like, seriously, if there are sentient people living there, they should not just keep calling it the Savage Land. Misty Knight is dressed in a green gi with yellow trim, and her large uh, hair is pulled back into knots. Barbarous, meanwhile, is a buff four-armed man wearing a comfortable pair of sweatpants that say juicy on the butt. He's very proud of his butt, as is his partner, who is a frog man who is sitting back to watch the fight. How juicy is his butt? Oh, boy. Scale 1 to 10, 10 being the most juicy. 
It's about an eight. Oh, that's pretty juicy. Mm-hmm. So Misty chooses to fight in Kunlun, where she is trained, and Barbarous wishes for the match to simply be a arm wrestling match. Misty shrugs, and a large wooden table appears between the two of them. She holds her arms out and tells them to pick between the flesh arm and the prosthetic arm made out of some mysterious metal. Barbarous laughs and picks the flesh arm, and they sit down, prepared to arm wrestle. I see how this is going. Barbarous continues gloating until he finds himself unable to move Misty's arm. And that he begins to panic when her arm glows a bright red. There you go. From intense heat, and he surrenders. Misty shakes her arm to help air it out and returns to her seat victorious. But she's the Iron Fist. No, no, we got it. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. Know who Iron Fist is. It's fine. He's a jerk. He punches good. Normally, it's a white guy who's the savior. Worst Netflix Marvel show. Yeah, I just know it's Loris Terrell. I watched like the first like two and a half episodes. So uh, Warlock is charging Nemesis. How how are uh, you doing after that loss? I don't I don't want to talk about it. Is he going to place any more bets? No, I don't, I don't really care about this next match. Fuck off. Okay. Uh, the next match isn't the Wendigo match. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gene, meanwhile, the doctors are saying that uh, this universe's version of your dad is going to be unconscious for a while. So, Coma unconscious yeah. or like tired unconscious? Tired unconscious. Okay. So the next fight is between Red Zeppelin from the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation. His partner Letha had been beaten by Sunspot earlier. He was also the guy who made the inadvertently disparaging comment towards Wendigo. And against him is Madam Worm of Hydra. Red's in his late 50s or so. He has a like gross graying beard and this full body red suit. And Madam Worm is somewhere in her 30s, has red hair, and there are slithers going under her skin, and they're, like, visible on this, like, black dress that she's wearing. It's gross. And as the two of them go up to fight, Red turns and looks back at his wife, who got very easily beaten by Sunspot, and the other competition, and instead he just immediately surrenders the match. And Madam Worm smiles ever so slightly, and saunters back to her seat. Because this has gotten intense. So, Wendigo. Before your next match, uh, Loki, from the uh, first match, comes over to talk to you. So, uh, is it Francois, Frank? Mr. Lartigue. Mr. Lartigue. My name is Loki. No, it no, is no, wonderful. No, I, know, I know. Okay. I I wanted to talk because I know you have a reputation. And I wanted to uh who's who is the leader of your team here? Uh the Wendigo Orange Julius is a collective. No one is the leader. 
No, no, I mean the Exiles organization that you're here with? Uh, I don't know, uh, some, some weird guy. Uh, he had like a bunch of bodies. I, I mean your personal field team, like who here with you in your four-person group is the boss? Oh, none of us. Huh. Okay, well, I just wanted to say we're here with the other group. Gemini is with us, and so you don't need to brutally murder him? If he dies, he dies. But, yeah. No, I'm just you, kidding. You, that's, that's Rocky Four. That's Rocky Four. We'll see what happens in the ring, though. Okay, yeah. And, uh, like, have you gotten in touch with your contacts at all? Because we were reaching out and we haven't been able to get a hold of them, so... Who? Your your people back at your base? Uh, it's... It, Forge? Don't know him. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he said you'd do that. Okay, well... Yeah, I, I just wanted to get that in there before you <sighs> brutally hurt our, our uh, teammate more than you need to. Well, uh, thank thanks for your feedback. Uh, as you might see, I'm the king of Wakanda's fighting. So look at the I mean, look at the belt. Uh, we'll see what happens in the ring. Again, like I, I, I can't. I'll take what you said into consideration. I know that this isn't necessarily um, a you have to murder fighting tournament, but also it's not the dark kumite. Well, every, and I know the kumite was already dark. Yeah, every kumite was already dark. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes I lose control in a fight and I can see if that can keep from happening. But, you know, sometimes I rip people in half and drink what comes out. And sometimes I will say Gemini, maybe he'd be good as two pieces. I again, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. I'm taking your, I'm taking what you've said into consideration. Okay. If you can do this, I've got some very nice wrestling knee pads that I got from the academy where I train. I don't need knee pads. They're wrestling style. Yeah, but that's fine. That's not part of my gear. Uh, if you have okay. them, you should wear them. Uh, but I I don't need them, so I'm I'm good. But thank, again, okay. thanks thanks for your input. Thanks for your input. I don't I don't need to be bribed to not kill someone. Well, we, we've also tried asking, and I mean, that's sort of ended up with a, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and what do you think annoying me? How do you think that affects the result, the chances? Okay, I'm sorry for annoying you. Thank you. Again, I'll take it into consideration. Uh, he seems to know me. I don't know him. So, you know, I'm, not yeah, sa- I'm, you saying, I'm saying I might not kill him. Okay. Okay. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a really good fighter and he'll murder me. That could always happen. Such confidence. (laughs) And uh, she walks past Warlock. And how are you doing, Warlock? In trance. I 
I did not know you were going to be here. Boss? F- friend boss? No, no, I, I'm not the enchantress. I'm I'm Loki, the uh, well, goddess. Self is sorry. Self cannot always keep humans apart from one another. Uh, self as well. Self is having a great time. It doesn't sound like you're having self? a great time. Are you bothering him? It? Uh, Warlock, I should have asked, what's your pronouns? Uh, uh, what, what is pronouns? I'll keep going with just little buddy, sorry. <laughs> Warlock does not understand, Chen. He, he is... I realized, I realized called... that as soon as I asked the question. <laughs> Side note, uh, Warlock goes by he, him pronouns, uh, because... But also doesn't care. <laughs> Because he doesn't understand gender. <laughs> but he hangs out with a yeah, lot I of boys. Yeah, I realized that the second I asked him. I call him a good boy like, a lot, and he likes that. He's a tough boy. Mm-hmm. Well, there are two matches before the Wendigo fight, so we will get to those next time and the Wendigo fight on Exiled. You can find me on Twitter at Ronch Ronch Ronch, and you can find my writing on the uh, Eisner-nominated website, WomenWriteAboutComics.com. Uh, you can find me online at Twitter at Fred Ophet, that's a D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and you can also hear me co-hosting Multiversal Q with our Game Master, Luke. Sorry, uh, I was trying to think of find something for a bit. Uh, one sec. What's your Netflix username? You should just say that. I use Faces. What is your uh, AOL old screen name? I don't want to say it. Also, I think I've already said it. Anyways, I was going to try and give uh, the specific uh, volume and issue of Journal of Housing for the Elderly I was in. (laughs) Uh, But... No, no, no. Like, uh, it's an academic paper that I could Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to remember it. Anyways, I, I'm James, and you can find me on Twitter uh, at Leask, L-E-A-S-K. And uh, you can you can look me up on Google Scholar and find the papers I've, uh, I've co-written. You can find me on Twitter at StreetOverGen, and you can find my artwork at StreetOverGen.com and on the cover to this podcast. And I am Luke. You can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at LukeHare, L-E-K-E-H-E-R-R dot com. And on our Patreon, we have news. As of us recording this, we have hit our $60 a month goal, which means that we are going to be doing a bonus backer exclusive episode every year. And that also pays for our podcast hosting and a lot of the other fees that go along with this. If we keep getting like further on, I can actually compensate everybody who gets on this show. And there is good news if you're looking to start backing for some reason beyond getting early episodes for only a dollar a month and getting bonus content uh, for as little as like $2 a month. Uh, If you are backing at the $5 or $10 level every month, you are able to get the exiled uh, paper figures that were illustrated by Chris Schweitzer 
that are depicting the that depict the entire cast of characters. There's going to be a standard set that we are going to be having at conventions. And so that includes Warlock, Jubilee, Gorilla Man, Enchantress, and Dr. Nemesis. And Wendigo is going to be a exclusive if you get the pack. There's also going to be a Patreon exclusive figure that only you Patreon backers can get. If you don't pledge at level, but you find me at a show, I will hook you up there. And there is a 2017 con exclusive figure, which is the business design of Enchantress. And you can get all of those by pledging at the five or $10 a level uh, early. You'll be getting those first because I don't believe the first show that I'm going to be doing is until uh, April 28th. That is going to be space. And I just wanted to make a special announcement. Thank you to our newest uh, Patreon backers and to those who have upgraded their current uh, backing Xavier Files, Abigail Cohen, and the Mela Experience. Uh, thank you all for your support. Exiled is a weekly podcast. Uh, like we said, if you support the Patreon, you get episodes a week early in a uh, special feed. And money goes to help us do things like get uh, alternate covers and all sorts of other good stuff. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Also, you can find me in Volume 23, Issue 4, and Volume 29, Issue 3 of the Journal of Housing for the Elderly. I I co-wrote two very good articles. Peace. Peace.